Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 28 is entitled, Peace Be Still. Ancient prophets referred to the language of the Spirit as the still small voice. 1 Kings 19, 11-13 and he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a still small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out, and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him, and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Elijah, a prophet, heard the still small voice, but it did not come readily. He was distracted by the strong winds, by the earthquake, and by the fire. The winds, earthquake, and fire are symbolic of the powerful distractions in our world that keep us from hearing the still small voice. David teaches us how to hear the still small voice even during the worst storms. In Psalms 46, David lists a number of calamities relating to end time. The earth is removed. Mountains are carried into the midst of the sea. The waters roar. The mountains shake. The heathen rage. The kingdoms were moved desolations come. After all this, the Lord said to David, Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. It is hard to be still during tragedy, when fear flows through our veins like fire, when we are stricken with grief, when the foundations of our world are shaken. Being still is not the first thing we think of. When our world appears to be falling apart, It is hard to be still. It is difficult to hear the still small voice. Yet it seems that the remedy often can only come when we stop, take a deep breath, and turn our hearts to God. The Lord is mindful of the storms of our life. Remember when the Savior is out on the sea and a sea storm arose? Mark 4, 37-41 And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
perhaps we have all been caught on that ship that appeared about to sink, and we thought God was in the hinder part asleep and couldn't hear our cries, so we cry louder. The image of waking the Lord is very interesting. Doesn't that often ring true? We think the Lord is deaf to our cries. We think that he doesn't care, or that he doesn't hear us, or that he is sleeping. And we cry out in despair, or anger, or fear, or frustration. Don't you care that we perish? But it isn't that he does not hear us. The problem may be that we don't hear him, for we are looking in the wrong place. Imagine for a moment that the storm at sea described by Mark is comparable to the storms in our own lives. The old saying that trouble comes in threes has a lot of truth to it. Did you notice the storms described by Elijah escalate? Earthquakes are worse than winds. Fires are worse than earthquakes. That rings true to life. But notice how the Lord responds when his disciples are trapped in what they think is a sinking ship. He did not speak peace to his disciples. He spoke peace to the storm. He rebuked the wind. He said unto the sea, Peace, be still. Isn't that comparable to what the Lord said to David? Be still and know that I am God. The first thing the Savior does is to calm the storm. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. That calm, of course, was not just the wind. It was called a great calm. It was the calm in the apostles' hearts. It is then that Christ spoke to his apostles, but it was by way of rebuke. Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? The disciples were not prepared for the storm. None of them knelt down to pray, for their faith was too weak. Proverbs tells us that the wicked run when no one is chasing them, but an honest person is as brave as a lion. Perhaps we have all felt that false fear. It reminds me of an instant in my childhood, funny in the telling, but not so funny in the experiencing. When I was a young boy, my best friend and I were out after curfew, doing things we shouldn't have been doing. I went home with my best friend Ronnie, also my own name, from church to spend a week with him in Cowpens, South Carolina. Cowpens had a 10 o'clock curfew. It was Sunday night, and we sneaked out of the house after his parents were asleep. I had no reason to fear. My own little town of Packlet, about nine miles away, had no curfew. On the weekends, I was out all times of the night. At the time of my tale, Ronnie and I were tying some trash of some sort to the school flagpole, and were in the process of hoisting it up. I was the posted lookout. We saw the lights of a car, and Ronnie shouted, Police! and dashed off into the dark, leaving me in a strange town with the police coming after me. I ran like the wind. I knew who I was running from, but I didn't know where I was running to. I dashed down a small ravine, smacked in the face and arms with briars and brambles and limbs, yet the police car was right beside me. I was astonished that the police car could follow me through the woods. I ran for several hundred yards when I came to a real forest, so I shot into the safety of the dark. I lost the police car, but I did not slow down. Terrified, I was running full speed in the black dark of the heavy forest when I ran smack into a barbed wire fence. I was knocked down flat on my back. I sprang to my feet, dove through the fence, and was immediately smacked down again by another barbed wire fence. Undeterred, with my raw flesh stinging, I dove through the fence. Only seconds later, I was smacked down again by another barbed wire fence. I wondered why on earth there were so many fences in a forest. I should have stopped. The cop car was nowhere to be seen, but I didn't. Like the wicked, I was running where no one was chasing me. 
A third time, I dove through the barbed wire fence. It was too dark to see anything, but I knew that my clothes were mere shreds hanging to my body. The trees were black shadows. I ignored everything else. Soon, I was again at full speed. Fortunately, I didn't hit another fence. I had a free run like a frightened deer, and I made the best of it, though I had no idea where I was or where I was going. Finally, I heard a familiar voice. Ronnie had come looking for me. We went home. I was horrified when I saw the damage in the light. My clothes were just bloody rags, and I had huge gashes on my stomach and my legs where I had run into the barbed wire. I carried the scars for years. I should have gone to the hospital, but that was out of the question. We put mercurochrome on the wounds, which burned like fire. It was fire on fire, for I was in pain from the barbed punctures that ripped into my flesh. We stopped the bleeding with bandages and went to bed. The next morning, Ronnie's father found my bloody clothes, but he had no sympathy for my wounds. He did not ask about my health. He was too busy giving us a rigorous lecture. Ronnie and I retraced our steps. I felt like a fool. Two mysteries came to light, and I discovered a third horror that I was not aware of in the dark. I discovered that I had run right by an open well too deep to see the bottom. Providence, I guess, protected me from falling into the well, which could have been my death. But I solved the mystery of how the policeman followed me for so long. I was not in the woods. I was running in a ditch by a dirt road. <laughs> he was driving on the dirt road that ran along the ditch as easy as you please. Well, I suffered every wild rose bush and blackberry bush and hanging limb that filled the ditch. I also solved the mystery of the barbed wire fence. It was the same fence. One barbed wire fence intersected with another. I ran in a circle and hit all three strands. I would have been far better off to let the policeman drive me home. But childhood foolishness aside, if we consider the Savior's audience, we can assume that Christ was teaching and preparing his apostles because he is only going to be with them for a short time. When he leaves, the persecution against the church intensifies, and every one of the apostles faced persecution, prison, physical abuse, banishment, and even death. Christ teaches us all an even greater principle, for when he leaves, he will send the Comforter, even the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost that speaks with a still small voice. John fourteen twenty six through 27 But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace he leaves with them is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father sends in his name. It is that voice that we need to learn to hear. Running from the police is probably not the time one is likely to hear the still small voice of the Holy Ghost, but one can assume that the Savior had the future more than the present in mind when he spoke to his apostles. How would they respond to calamity when he is not present to calm the storm? He was training his disciples how to face the future. Perhaps for the first time, though they had seen many miracles, his awesome power occurred to them. Notice their response, for even after the sea was calmed, a greater fear came over them. And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And of course, that is the message for us, isn't it? That even the wind and the sea obey him. That takes us back to Elijah's experience. 
And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. Notice, however, that it is only after the wind, the earthquake, and the fire that the still small voice comes. Sometimes we are required to endure intense suffering. Otherwise, how could we know that it is the Lord that speaks with a still small voice? We must know sorrow to comprehend joy. Two of the most overlooked principles of the gospel are patience and endurance. Only those who endure to the end can live in the third heaven seen by Paul, also called by Paul the celestial glory or celestial kingdom, and called by John the holy city or new Jerusalem. An experience I have shared before, I should like to share again because it is so perfectly appropriate. It is the story of my father. Hurricane Hugo furiously hit the coast of South Carolina in 1989. It took a leap and landed on my father's house in Charlotte, North Carolina, as a Category 1 hurricane, with winds up to 90 miles an hour. It soon degraded to a tropical storm, but it did terrible damage in Charlotte. While it was tearing the shingles off the roof of my father's home and shaking his house and breaking the limbs off his pecan trees in his yard, my father became frightened. In the dead of night, my father knelt by his bed before the Lord in anxious prayer. Afterwards, he told me, a great calm came over him, and he went back to bed and fell asleep and slept through the storm. The storm continued, but my father slept in peace. Morning revealed the disastrous effects of the high winds. His yard was covered with debris, and his roof had to be replaced. But as the storm raged, he was able to sleep because the Holy Ghost said to him in that still small voice, Peace, be still. Consider the words of Moses to the children of Israel who were standing in fear for their lives from the Egyptian army. Exodus fourteen thirteen, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. And of course, every Christian knows the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Notice the language of the Lord to David. Though he is walking through the valley of the shadow of death, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Unlike the apostles in the sinking ship, David feared no evil. That is the message or good news of the gospel. We all walk through the valley of the shadow of death. None of us know when death will come to us. 
but we all know that it will come. But we have comfort in the word of God. When Christ spoke to the apostles on the sinking boat, he was speaking to all of us. Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? I pray that during the storms of our lives, we can all hear the still small voice say, Peace be still, and that we too can feel the great calm. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.